We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This will undoubtedly be a late come-from-behind win for Illinois in this top 10 matchup. Oh, tough, tough loss. Really a tough, tough loss and a great win for the Flying Fighting Illini. Not a question they ask. Would this team be able to beat the Flying Illini? I don't think so. I'd take the Flying Illini. And I love this team, but the Flying Illini team was special. Oh, yeah. Jonas, hey, what about Vic Vitale? What about... The 2005 Illini. Can I get you to give a little bit of, I mean, just three times he mentioned the flying Illini during that broadcast. Illinois disposing of Ohio State on ESPN. And that's great. I love the flying Illini. Kendall Gill and Nick Anderson and them boys. It was that was great. But at some point in time, I mean, the 05 team went to the actual finals. Yeah, the, the 05 team was better. Like, You think so? Yes, I mean, like. Yes. They were a great the team, only, man. The only game that team lost was a fluke three-pointer in the last regular season game, besides the national championship. And even then, like they, there was a lot of foul things that were questionable. So Yeah, they, they came back towards the end of that game against North Carolina in St. Louis. And yeah, they had some... I mean, Darren Williams was great. And D. Brown and James Augustine and Roger Powell, that that whole crew of guys, they were they were te- not as flashy, I guess, as the 1989 team, but they were terrific. And I, I probably, you know, I like I said, I loved being a fan of that 1989 team, but I I was pretty close to that Illinois team because I I actually covered it, so maybe that's part of my own my own bias. But the Illini coming in hot. I'm Mark Grody with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Eli Hershkovich covers college basketball for Radio.com. He is into the betting game as well for BetQL, and he joins us now on the score. Eli, my guy, which team was better? You probably weren't alive in 1989, but you study history. Which team was better, the 2005 Illini or the 1989 Illini? I got to go 05. What's up, Mark? I got to go 2005. I know it holds a pl- – uh, that team is, is very close to your heart. You covered it like you mentioned. I, I think they're a little more – You're right. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. <laughs> so, okay, so we're all on the same page with that. But Okay, Eli, Eli, I got to start with this, this note here that I have in front of me. I got a note. Actually, it was a memo that was sent out by – our boss, Mitch Rosen, <laughs> and it says and it says the following. You may have even have received this. I don't know. Maybe he left you off the email, but it says this. 
It says, guys, a reminder that NCAA hoops expert Eli Hershkovich <laughs> is one of the smartest, well-known college hoops sports gambling experts in the country, and he is one of ours. Feel free to reach out directly to Eli. He is currently the EP of our content at Radio.com Sports <laughs> Gambling. Uh, he also hosts BetQLU. Thanks. So some really good run on sentences, one misspelling, but that is glowing, Eli. You're a star, man. I guess so. Shout out to, to Mitch Rosen. And guess what? You contacted me directly to come on. So you listened, you listened pretty well there. I appreciate that. <laughs> I did. And I would have nobody else on. I'm, and I'm serious to talk college buckets with you. You know, we heard the... The highlight coming in of that that win over Ohio State, and I'm sure that you watched it or paid attention to it or went back to it. I didn't. Th- I thought Illinois in that particular game was interesting because it wasn't a great game for the Illini. They missed a bunch of free throws. They were. I thought they were going to blow out Ohio State in the first half, but I guess, I guess, does that game show you something because it's on the road and they they. They didn't look good, but still somehow, like, the, their talent rose to the top. Io DeSumo did what he did towards the end. How much of an, an, I guess, an important game was that in showing that the Illini, even when they looked like they were dead in the water, they could still win a game like that? Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you how important Io DeSumo is. Over and over again, we see it. Arguably the best player in the country. Now, he Luca Garza is going to win Naismith, the big for Iowa, just because of how dominant he's been. If Illinois maybe beat Michigan, if Io didn't get hurt, and Iowa had a big game in that game last week, maybe he makes a case for Naismith. But it's Garza's award. Either way, Io DeSumo is the best closer in college basketball, and he showed you that down the stretch in that Ohio State game with five straight points, five big points to give Illinois the win. And then Kofi Coburn's free throw shooting is an area of concern. You mentioned how Illinois was missing some free throws, especially in the second half. And, yeah, Kofi was – one of those guys that contributed there, but he is so dominant down low and so physical. In the backcourt, though, with Trent Frazier, Io, who I mentioned, Andre Corbello, this is one of the best three-guard combos in college basketball, and you have a freshman at Corbello that's going to be a star next year once Io leaves. So it goes to show you that whether it's Io, whether it's Corbello for stretches, or Frazier, who came up big in the middle part of conference play for Big Ten, that they have three guards that can come up big in a March Madness game, which is huge. Mark, you know, covering college basketball in the past, just having a guard that could take over, and they have three of them. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, we're just talking about the, the 05 Illini with, with, with D. Brown and Darren Williams. I mean, they were they were unstoppable. And you're right about Curbelo. I mean, that's the guy, speaking of the flying Illini, that was the like when you ask Kendall Gill about Illinois, he's always like, keep that, that. He's like, that's my guy, and he's looking strong towards the end. So, yeah, his year will come next year. But a quick question about about Kofi Coburn, and he's missing those free throws, but he, he has been, you know, as you said, a dominant force. What's he in the NBA? Like, is he a first-round pick, second-round pick? What What is his NBA life, do you think? Yeah, I would say maybe mid-second. I mean, if, if Illinois makes a run, which they should, just because they're going to get a one seed, they won't have to face a Gonzaga, Baylor, or even a Michigan till potentially the Final Four, I, I think he could play himself into an early second Maybe a late first, but that's probably where Io goes, like mid first, late first, unless he dominates, completely dominates in, in the NCAA tournament, which isn't out of the question. But right. I would say Coburn's a somewhere in the second round. And okay. if he somehow improves that free throw shooting going into the draft, then 
we're talking about, you know, maybe a late first. That's probably his high, highest ceiling at this point. Okay. Um, Michigan, I want you to weigh in on this. I know that we've read and heard a lot about this, but Michigan wins the Big Ten title based on winning percentage despite losing to Illinois and playing fewer games than them. Is that is that the right call? I mean, that Michigan, to, to go by winning percentage, in this case, that Michigan wins the, the Big Ten you know, regular season outright? Yeah, it's it's tough because Illinois won that game last week with Iowa or without Iowa. But yeah, I would say just based off of what we saw for the majority of the season for Michigan, the Big Ten I I think made the right call, um, and it, it made sense even though they played less games, like you mentioned, Mark. We could have potentially gotten two Michigan Illinois games, and maybe, maybe could have decided the Big Ten regular season title. But either way, Illinois is a shot to win the conference tournament now and avenge that, I guess, because. Eli Brooks from Michigan, one of their two guards, who arguably is one of the more important players on this Michigan team, if not the most, not not uh, from a statistic standpoint, but just from a, a plus-minus standpoint. He's the highest plus-minus on this Michigan team. And you think about Hunter Dickinson down low for Michigan there. They're big. Isaiah Livers, one of their fours. They have great scores. But Eli Brooks might be the most important player on this team. And if he's out for the Big Ten tournament, which he could be, if Michigan decides to rest him going into the NCAA tournament, Illinois has a very clear path to win this thing. If you're betting on a team, let's say, outside the state of Illinois because you can't bet on uh, in-state teams, whether it's Loyola Chicago or Illinois, in the state of Illinois, which is ridiculous in itself. But if you want to drive to Indiana, for instance, to bet Illinois to win the Big Ten title uh, in the, in the uh, conference tournament, I wouldn't hate that at all. Mm. Is that what you're planning on doing, man? Are you going to get in the car and uh, and jam down there and do some betting? I got too much to watch this weekend to spend three hours at the car, Mark, and go to Indiana. If you want to drive, if you want to drive and then I'll watch games in the car, I'll partake. But otherwise, I'll be staying back here. I'll get the old company credit card. You and I will rent something fancy, and we'll make our way. <laughs> Just you and I, Eli. We'll get to know each other a little better, buddy. I think that would be fun, man. Um, all right, so let's talk more about that. And Illinois, obviously, you said that you know, they could win the Big Ten tournament. What about the big one? Are, are, is the They're, they're going to be a number one seed first, right? Eli, Illinois, they are yes. going to be a number one seed. Yeah, I mean, there's really no doubt. I mean, even even if they get upset in in a game in the like if they lose their their first game and we guess it would be the quarterfinals. I mean, they're still going to be the number one seed. There's no doubt about that, right? Right, and they would play. Just looking at the Big Ten conference tournament yeah. schedule, they would play the the winner of Indiana Rutgers. They're not losing that game uh, no. unless they just have one of those poor shooting games. I I can't, I can't see it. So they're going to make they're going to make the. Uh, you would expect to make the semifinal and play either Iowa or Wisconsin, which, which sets up well for Illinois yet again. So I think they have a pretty clear path to get to the Big Ten tournament title again. All right, what about the, the NCAA tournament, though? How, what, what are your th- I mean, Obviously, the brackets are not. We don't know exactly what their path will be, but they have just as good a chance as anybody of winning the title, correct? I wouldn't. Gonzaga and Baylor are still have that separation gap between, okay. uh, between them. Okay, they're way better. Okay. I don't want to – maybe way better is is a little bit of a stretch, but there they, there is a gap. There is somewhat of a gap okay. between Gonzaga and Baylor. They are, they, Gonzaga's offense is – mentioned at Illinois explosive offensively. Gonzaga has a bunch of pros on the roster. Jalen Suggs, first five-star player to go to Gonzaga. 
He's an elite point guard, going to be a, a top 10 pick, top five pick in the NBA draft. Corey Kispert is one of the better shooters that's going to be going into the draft this year. Drew Timmy, not the most athletic big or physical big, but he's uh, he's very finesse and he's uh, very skilled down low and can also space the floor. So Gonzaga and what, what separates Gonzaga from their teams in the past is they can actually defend, unlike past Gonzaga teams, past Mark Few teams, not just an elite offensive team. And then Baylor is great at both ends of the floor. They're one of the best shooting teams in college basketball, one of arguably the best three-point shooting team in the country, a great defensive backcourt. We saw that Baylor-Illinois game going back to the beginning of the regular season in non-conference play. Now, that, that Illinois team was not what they are right now. They had to develop. Adam Miller has developed as a shooter for that team. So is Curbelo, just as a, uh-huh. a pure point guard and as a pure scorer in this conference. But I would, if you're going to give me Baylor, Gonzaga, or the field at this point, I would still take Baylor, Gonzaga. Okay. No, I appreciate that, man. That's a good, honest answer. And we all know that anything can happen in the NCAA tournament, but it's good to know. It's good information, I think, for me and for everybody listening that those two, as great as things have been for Illinois, there are bigger and and better teams at this point. Um, what about what about Loyola? Here's my question about Loyola. And in in 2018, they were an an 11 seed. I assume that they will be a higher seed. Well, you could tell me. Will they be a higher seed than 11? And is this team better? This Loyola team, speaking of comparing teams, is it better than the 2018 team, talent-wise? It's better defensively. I, I think that. That Loyola team, I covered that Loyola team. That was that had a bunch of great individual scores on that team that could take over uh, in spurts. Like we saw it against Miami in that in the first game when it, when Loyola Chicago upset the Hurricanes as an 11 seed. Uh, Dante Ingram hitting the game winning shot. Then Clayton Custer hmm. did it against Tennessee the round after that. Marcus Towns did it against Nevada in the Sweet 16, and then they absolutely dominated K State to get to the Final Four. So they had a bunch of individual scores that could take over at times and that defense still could swarm. Cameron Crutwig is one of the better players in college basketball, which is crazy to say for a mid-major guy, but they have an elite big like the Nikola Jokic of college basketball, just his ability to pass from the high post, like your, your prototypical point forward. That's what Crutwig is, but they're a little more limited offensively. Now, if we look at the way they're being projected to go into the tournament, Around a 10 seed, 9 seed, if they're a 9 seed, it's tough to see them make it a run because even if you win that 8-9 game, then you're running into a 1 seed right after that. And the number 1 seed, if it was going to be Ohio State before Illinois kind of pushed them back to a 2 and Illinois propelled themselves to a 1 seed, I would have given Loyola Chicago a shot to beat Ohio State. But now against these 1 seeds, we're talking about a completely different ball game. So if they get a 10 seed, now the conversation has flipped. That's why I know it's such a cliche for, your, for people to say, okay, it's all about the draw. But especially if you're going up in the 8-9 game first and then a potential going up against a potential one seed, that's why the draw matters so much. Talking to Eli Hershkovich about college basketball. He of Radio.com and BetQL. I'm Mark Grody here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked you about Kofi Coburn as it pertains to Cameron Crutwig. I mean, you just compared him to a pretty big-time name in, in the Joker. Uh, how? What's what's his future in the NBA? Where do, where do you slot him, and what kind of an NBA career can he have? Yeah, I think he's, I think he's one of those players that's, more so just a college player. Like That's what I thought. The, <laughs> right. Truly the college version of Nikola Jokic. And that's it. We're not getting okay. the NBA comparison 
to be to be played as a pro. Because the difference okay. between him and Colburn is Colburn is so physical. Krawig is is very skilled and is a smart player. Um, has the NBA skill set from a mental standpoint. But as a as a pro, he's he would get banged around unless he somehow worked his way into the league as a four and improved that mid range jump shot. Because of the way the NBA is selling the power forward spot, you have to be a stretch four these days with uh, with the league relying so much on shooting. So I can't see Crutwig playing in the league at the next level. Sorry to anybody from his family listening to the okay. floor right now. That's what I, that, I mean, that's what I thought. And then I was like, wait a minute. He's comparing him to a pretty big name there. I was like, is there something that I'm missing? So, okay, we've got him slotted playing. We'll just put down, I'm going to write down overseas for for Cameron Crutwig. That's what we're going to go with for him at this point. Um by the way, I love Eli when you just start rattling off names. It's just great. Like you know, four, you go five to six deep on every team in the country. I mean, do you watch like do you watch that much college basketball, Eli? Do you do anything else but watch college basketball? Not during the season. You know, it's it's hurt some relationships in the past. It's destroyed some relationships <laughs> in the past. But well, is this a cry for help? I'm still going. Yeah, a little cry for help on the radio. Uh, 50,000 watt station or whatever this is. Clearly I'm using my voice, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, I wa- I've watched college basketball every day of the season. I bet on it every day of the season for better or for worse. So it, it's, it's, been, it's been a grind, Mark. It's been a grind, but you love it. If you're going to do it, you have to bet on it and you absolutely have to love it. Oh, that's so funny that you mentioned relationships because it's like, okay, not only are you watching every single college basketball game, you're also a gambler. That doesn't work if you're trying to establish a relationship with somebody. <laughs> I watch every game, oh, and I gamble. <laughs> right, and I sweat profusely during every single game I watch. So it's, it's really not a good combination at all. Uh, it's, it's a rough one to say the least. Oh, man. Well, luckily, you've been very successful in, in what you do. I do have to add, I know that you are a DePaul alum. I don't know if you know this about me, but I grew up. There was no team for which I rooted for harder than DePaul growing up, and then I pretty much got off, off board after their, their one more spasm of of goodness in the 90s when a bunch of guys started to collaborate and come together from Chicago. Um, but, you know, things have been bad for a long time with uh, our Blue Demons, but they do play Providence tomorrow in the Big East tournament, and then they will be put out of their misery. Uh, <laughs> what happens with the program going forward? Is Dave Lado still going to be there in the future? And is there any hope for our Blue Demons in the, the years to come? Be careful what you say, Mark. Our Blue Demons. I absolutely hate DePaul basketball. What? I hate the, yeah, I am not. I am not on board with DePaul oh. now or ever. Yeah, I'm, I'm off. I'm off. But long, long term with DePaul, they're going to have to fire Dave Lado. He absolutely has to go. They brought him back for absolutely no reason. He was coaching in like the G League as an assistant at at like five six years ago. Whenever they brought him back, mm. and he's won. Like 20, maybe like 25, 30 games in Ugh. Big East play during that stretch. So five, Ugh. six wins a year on average. Yeah, not good. And I think they're going to get hammered tomorrow by Providence. I actually think Providence has a shot to make a run of the Big East tournament. And you want, if you want to take a long shot on that team to make a run in a conference tournament, they're around 30 to one. But back to your point about DePaul, I am, I'm good on DePaul basketball. And if they want any hope in the next two, three years, 
they got to they got to fire Lato immediately after that game. Like we're talking press conference, Mark. Fire Lato in the press conference. <laughs> Can't handle it anymore. Who hurt you, Eli? Who hurt you? Show Damn, me. Lato hurt me. <laughs> oh man! All right, give me anything that I, I'm not a big gambler, so I I, I want to lead you into stuff, but I can't because I, I am not educated enough. I don't speak the language. Is there anything you're hot for in any of the upcoming tournaments? You just talked about the thirty to one, I think you said in the DePaul Providence game. Is there any hot bets you want to throw out there and and pump up BetQL and and the show that you do and all that kind of stuff? Ooh, very kind. Yes. Yeah. So first off, subscribe to the BetQLU podcast, college basketball podcast. We just did our conference tournament uh, preview show last night. It's up and available wherever you subscribe to podcasts. One of the bets that we gave out on the show was Texas at plus 800 to win the Big 12 tournament. They're pretty much, I don't want to say they're they're slotted into the semifinal of the Big 12 tournament, but uh, they have a pretty good matchup in the quarterfinal against Texas Tech, a team they lost to twice in the regular season. They're better than Tech. They're starting, Texas is starting to be what they were in the, in the uh, latter part of non-conference play, starting to fulfill that like top five, top ten sort of team that they were um, about two months ago. They're, they're kind of back, and they have the athleticism to give Texas Tech problems. Kansas, who they were facing the semifinal, is going to be without their starting big man because of COVID issues. So I think if Texas gets past, gets past Texas Tech, they have a nice path to get to the Big 12 title game. And at plus 800 – for a team that, again, is a top-five caliber team with that athleticism, one of the better backcourts in college basketball, it's I don't want to say it's on the same level as Illinois, but they have three really good guards, Matt Coleman, Courtney Ramey, and Andrew Jones. And in the front court, not really compa- comparable to Kofi Coburn, but uh, Jericho Sims and, and, uh, and uh, one of their other bigs, too, Greg Brown, a freshman, can really score and can really defend the rim. So, I really like Texas to win the conference tournament and a team I'm, I'm also pretty bullish on to make a run in the NCAA tournament. All right. Keep an eye on those those Longhorns. And finally, Eli, how impressed were you when you saw me working the the running up in the gym in our building at Prudential Towers? Would you please tell everybody how impressed you were? You know, from a scouting report standpoint, Mark yeah. ran for about 45 minutes. I don't know what the average speed was on that, so... Not gonna, not gonna go as far as trying to give you props there, but, but uh-huh. I can't run for longer than fifteen, twenty minutes at this <laughs> point. So Mark is heads above heels, uh, right, you know, right there with some of the best sprinters in the country. I would say. Thank you, thank you. Well, I was talking to Studzinski, and he was asking me. He's like. He's like, yo, how, how, where do you start? I go, well, I start at six, and then I usually end up around seven. And I was pretty proud of that, and I, and I do go for thirty minutes, not twenty-five, Eli, what, like you said. But Stadzinski, he's got to jump in and one up. He's like, oh yeah, you know, I start around seven or so, and then I end up around, I go to eight, and then you know, usually like eight five or nine in the last five minutes or so. So of course he had to, you know, pull the old one-upsmanship. Yeah, the guy does burpees like in between, in between whatever, ten, fifteen-minute intervals on the treadmill. So, you know, Adam's in a class of his own at this point. We're just trying to catch up. You guys will get there one day. Don't worry. He's got to work hard. Oh, Thanks, I just appreciate that. My heart rate actually just went up hearing the word burpee. <laughs> I think I've retired from those. Like, I'm just, I'm sick of doing burpees. I hate them. It's They're tough. good for you. They are. They're really, I mean, they will exhaust you. They, they're very hurtful, but they do some good. Eli, 
is always good to hear your voice. I hope to have you on again throughout the college basketball season and ho- hopefully see you at the old uh, workout world as well. Like, like Mitch said, Mark, just reach out individually and you know where to find me. <laughs> see you, man. See you, Mark. That is uh, Eli Herskovich. And as you can see, he is a guy that you should follow on Twitter at Eli Herskovich common spelling. No, it's H-E-R-S-H-K-O-V-I-C-H. See? Common spelling. Uh, So, yeah. So, Eli talking college buckets. That was fun. That was fun talking to Eli. He's an amazing guy. (laughs) I hope that maybe we provided him some therapy to get some things off his chest about relationships. And, uh, yeah, our jobs are... The things that we do, because we work all sorts of weird hours and go to games and cover games, and we're, as they say, careerists, not always great for relationships, not always the best. So that's that's the way it goes. All right, I'm Mark Grody. I'm in for Joe O. Coming up next, let's talk about the Chicago Bulls. And there will be a very special guest on The Score tomorrow morning that I will tell you about next as well here on The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Billy, if we told you before the season you'd be 16 and 18 at the All-Star break, what do you think your reaction would have been? Oh, I mean, I, I don't, I have no idea, Cody. I mean, obviously I'm, you know, 
we're, we have a losing record right now. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't really look at it that way. I mean, I, I, the record to me is more about how we're playing and are we making progress. And I think this team has made incredible progress, you know, in my opinion, just being with them. And they've done a really, really good job. And I think maybe Sam asked me the other day about, you know, what I was grateful for. These guys have been phenomenal. But, you know, at the same point, too, we have a long way to go. And I'm, I'm trying to, you know, not have them be satisfied. And we need to keep trying to pull more out of each other. They need to pull more out of me. I got to pull more out of them. We just got to pull more out of each other. And there's more to give. And there's, there's growth. And there's an opportunity to improve and get better. Kind of knew Studs was going to come back with some incubus. Yes. Adam Stadzinski, our executive producer, and I, we do share a love of this band that rocks. That is Incubus. Coming in hard, coming in strong. I'm Mark Grody, and that was Bulls head coach Billy Donovan. And you need to know that at 8.30 tomorrow morning, Donovan will be on the score. He will be on the score with Mully and Haw. Talking about what's going down with the Bulls. The Bulls are on break, obviously, except for their their one and only all-star in Zach Levine. Oh, God, I wanted to say Adam Levine, and then I would have probably have to shoot myself for, for saying that because um, I don't support him necessarily. Um, but the Bulls host Philadelphia on Thursday night, so Joel Embiid, and he dropped 50 on the Bulls and Wendell Carter last time. Uh, that game was uh, in Philly. The Bulls with three quick games at home right out of the gates coming up soon. To review, I don't care about the playoffs for the Bulls this year, even though things are better than we thought they were going to be. I don't think Arturis Karnaschovas does or should care about the postseason. And you absolutely trade Thad Young if you can. And I understand there are good reasons to keep him in terms of the fit and the chemistry, and everybody loves Thad Young, and he's your second-best player this year. But it is still about evaluating players. And unless you think that this is the core of Bulls players that is going to win the title, then I don't know what you're talking about when you say keep these guys together and you talk about intangible things and leadership and veterans and all of that, which all sounds good. But we're not talking about this team being the one that is in the Eastern Conference Finals in the next two years. It's just not. So, and and I'm glad that Adam played that particular cut too of the head coach Billy Donovan because he's like the only sober one right now. Like he 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 said it. They're 16 and 18, and that's good relative to what everybody thought the Bulls were going to do. And he's great relative to the previous head coach of the Chicago Bulls. But 16 and 18 is not good. And yeah, I just playoffs is is still not what I'm thinking about with this Bulls team and it would be they'd be better off thinking about what they're going to be doing in the future and continuing to evaluate these particular players. But there are some intriguing things that might go on post All-Star break other than watching the development of these players. Could there be a change in the Bulls starting lineup centering on one Kobe White, our Bulls post-game host, Rick Camp, was on the score as a guest the other day and believes that it could happen, and he lays out why. Take a listen to this. It's so fascinating because of how stark the contrast has been when the vets are on the court versus when the vets are not on the court because the way the lineup's been structured this year has been, especially since the Otto Porter injury, 
uh, that this team is going to be the kids start and the adults come off the bench. And the Bulls have been one of the, by plus minus, they've been one of the worst starting units and one of the best bench units in the NBA, as you'd expect, because Thaddeus Young's having a fantastic year. He really is. I mean, his, he's what, a plus, I wrote it down here, and of course I can't read it because I set my notebook too far away because I'm smart. <laughs> uh, the Bulls, or Thad Young, when, the, when Thad Young's on the court, the Bulls are plus 13.7. That is massive. So I think that makes a huge difference in terms of moving forward and why the decision on him specifically is so interesting because he's clearly a guy that is a leader in that lo- in that locker room. Zach Levine really likes him. When they did the all-star reveal thing for Zach Levine, Thad Young was the one player that was on there. I, I think that matters at least slightly more than zero. It just means that those guys are close. And I think it also means that I'm fascinated to see if they make any sort of lineup change here moving forward because Zach Levine with Kobe white is pretty bad. Those two as a, as a backcourt are not good. They're atrocious as a pair defensively, but when you take either one of them off the court and put Tomas Sadoransky in, they both get those, those numbers get better for both of them. So I wonder if the intention is, to do what's best for this team coming out in the second half, letting Kobe white, just be your sixth man that just cooks and looks for his own shot off the bench and taking some of the playmaking responsibilities away from him. I wonder if that's going to matter. I wonder if that would be something they would consider to do if they're not looking at guys just as commodities and in terms of purely development for this year. And they are actually pushing for one of these playoff spots to, you know, have the right to get dis- uh, summarily dismissed by the Nets or the Bucks or whoever else. It's our Bulls postgame host, Rick Camp, and he, he laid it out perfectly. And it had been talked about previously, moving Kobe White off of the starting lineup and having him be your sixth man. And, you know, everything we kind of thought about Kobe White is is coming to pass. He's not a point guard. Um Maybe not a starter. He, he though he should be. Yeah, I will say this: he should be on the floor in the fourth quarter. He has shown that that he can he can slump throughout a game and be erratic with his shot. But Kobe White, he, he'll be a guy. And they always say that that it's not who starts, it's who finishes. I, I definitely think Kobe White should be on the floor, one of the one of the five guys when the game is on the line at the end, because he's hit a ton of big shots and he is fearless. I will absolutely give him that. But I think that's something that they're starting to figure out. And based on what Rick just said, I'll be really surprised if there's not a change in the starting lineup eventually. My only untouchable on this Bulls roster is, I actually have an untouchable, it's Zach Levine. And I think that, you know, some people still think that you could get a haul for him if, if he was to be traded. And I mean, I would listen, of course, but I, to me, he is a guy around whom you can build. He has sold me that this year, even before he was named to the All-Star game. So, but this is interesting. Listen to one more cut from Rick Camp. He, he says, indicating strongly that there's actually not much of a market for Zach Levine at this point. Take a listen to this. I think he'd consider anything at this point, but the value of Zach Levine around the league is one of the more fascinating things out there on a national level. Because when discussing all-star candidacy, it was no sure thing that Zach Levine was going to be an all-star. If you 
did a straw poll of all of all the you know national media, I would say he was in the All Star game for maybe 60 percent, but it wasn't a true slam dunk. And that that you know those people are talking to front office folks as well. So is he has he graduated past empty calorie score? I think he has. His defense still isn't isn't good. It's not bottom five defensive player in the league anymore like it used to be, which is, hey, that's an improvement. And considering how effective and efficient he is offensively, you don't have to be much better than not good defensively to truly be valuable. So I think it would take a knock your socks off offer, but I don't know if there's any other team in the league that values him to give them that kind of deal. I think it's much more likely if they're going to move someone Marketing's injury really hurt their ability to get value for him at this deadline. Most likely, I think at this point, most teams are probably just going to say, hey, let's wait for restricted free agency and see if we can pry him away from the Bulls, even with that right of first refusal that they have. I'd be surprised. I just don't know with Markkinen. I think having there being still this many questions on him and a lot of teams with cap space and a lot of the top free agents re-signing, I think there's going to be an attack on the restricted free agency market, which could mean Markkinen gets a really high offer that the Bulls don't want to match. So I could see him being gone either via trade or at some point this offseason. And center is a position you can replace fairly easily so i wonder if uh, wendell carter be someone the bulls would be would consider moving on from too because he's going to have restricted free agency coming up in the not too distant future as well i'm a big fan of his i still think he's a really good player and makes a lot of sense for what the bulls want to do moving forward but i think those two guys are more likely to move than zach levine Great stuff from Rick Camp, our score postgame host for Chicago Bulls games here again on 670. The score. Um, a texture from the A47 says, Patrick Williams, not untouchable. Yeah, I mean, I had to consider that. I mean, I'm guessing he probably is to the organization just because it seems like he is the, like, who we read between the lines would be the prototype of how they want to build this team. And I've loved watching Patrick Williams and he's probably going to be very good, but no, I, I, I don't even put Patrick Williams down as an untouchable um, at this point, but I'd be, be shocked if, if he was to be moved. When we return, we're going to hear from a former general manager about Zach Levine. And we're going to get into, to remember that guy, uh, Lowry Markinen. Yeah. He's still on the bulls. We'll talk about them next here. I'm Mark Grody at Chicago sports radio, 670 the score. Welcome back in Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Mark Grody here in for Joe O until 10 o'clock on The Score. Hey, by the way, if you want to call 312-644-6767, that's also the text line. I'm on Twitter, at Mark Grody Sports. Come on in. I play on Instagram as well. If you want to follow me there, you can kind of see my life right up there on Instagram. Follow me there, too, if you'd like. I couldn't tell you my handle, but I bet you you could find it. Mark Grody, G-R-O-T-E. Continuing with our... Our Bulls talk. And one more about Zach Levine. This one is from Ryan McDonough, who is the former general manager of the Phoenix Suns, currently with Radio.com, so he's a broadcaster. And he was on with Mullion Haw recently talking about Zach Levine and do you trade this guy. 
He does the thing that's the hardest in the NBA to find. He scores at a high level with, with a lot of volume and a lot of efficiency. Uh, he seems like an extremely hard worker. I, I've seen the videos and read stories about the workouts he does with his father and others in Washington State in the offseason. I've been very impressed by that. And I think you've seen the progression in his game with the efficiency in particular. Uh, his body has really transformed um, from when he came into the league. Uh, I was in the Suns front office, guys. I was GM of the Suns in the 2014 draft. Uh, we had the 14th pick in the lottery. Zach went 13th just one slot ahead of us uh, to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So I, I bring it up because I, I know the player well. I remember him going back to the pre-draft process, and I've really been impressed with his development. Uh, the talent was already there, uh, but even going back to UCLA, he was not one of the best players on, on the team. He wasn't one of the best two players on UCLA's team. Uh, so he's really ascended. And, um, you know, to put it, put it a different way, guys, if you traded Zach Levine, say you got a bunch of uh, young players and draft picks, that, that all sounds good. But uh, chances are that none of those things, either individually or even collectively, will be as good as one Zach Levine is in his prime. Um, you know, he's a very good player, especially offensively. And I think the Bulls should keep him in Chicago for a long, long time. All right, that's interesting. So quantity over quality is the the potential hazard of these trades. It's, it's, it's such a great point. And again, that's Ryan McDonough, the former GM of the Suns on the Molly and Haw show recently, that it always, that it, it always sounds good to us that, you know, Hey, you trade this guy, you can get number one picks and you can get players and the whole, like sometimes we forget that a lot of times you get nothing out of all that. Now, the Bulls happen to have gotten a lot out of the, or not a lot, but they got something the last time they did that. Jimmy Butler trade, and now you have Zach Levine. And do you have Lowry Markinen? My goodness. There was a time when the debate on Sports Talk Radio here on The Score was, Who's better, Zach Levine or Lowry Markkinen? Okay, I think we we know who wins that, but we have no idea like what Lowry Markkinen is. If I was the Bulls, no, you can't. It it's impossible to pay him at this point. That that would be irresponsible, I think. Markkinen's still interesting, and I'd love to know what Arturis Karnaschovas thinks about him and he just kind of talked about the the development and how that's important and he likes him so i'm not even going to play that because it's just really it is nothing that you will learn from um however let's go back to to ryan mcdonough and let, let's hear what he thinks about marketing okay you know what actually we don't have that all right well okay let's let's hear I, I will. I should probably. I should probably not have dismissed Arturus Karnashov as talking about Larry Markin. Here's Arturus on marketing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bears. Maybe. Maybe this is a sign that I'm meant to just talk about the Bears. Um. How about? How about? Um. Andre. All right. We'll. We'll. We'll skip ahead here. We will go to, okay, so a guy who has been talked about a lot um, in trade rumors with the Bulls and other teams is Andre Drummond. And that's a move that you would make if you were thinking about going to the playoffs this year. And again, I don't think the Bulls should be thinking that way. I don't think they should be thinking that way. But Yahoo's Keith Smith with Bernstein and Rahimi recently 
little bit sobering on his scouting report about Andre Drummond. Take a listen to this. Now, Andre Drummond was one of those guys who came into the league extremely young. So when you think about it, it feels like he's been around forever, but, but he really is a lot younger than you think. I think the challenge is what Andre Drummond is perceived to be uh, very much differs from the reality of what he is. You said backline toughness. That's not really who he is. He doesn't provide a lot of defense. He's not somebody who's going to knock people down. While he has been a fantastic uh, individual rebounder, his teams are never good rebounding teams. Why which is, is that? The, sense of the, the, the belief, and if you watch the film on it, it does kind of match up. He'll get rebounds in his area, but he's not going to go chasing people out. He's also not blocking people out. He's going to go up and get it, but he's not the one to block somebody out for his teammate to go get it or anything like that. So that that's always been a little bit of a challenge. Defensively, he doesn't offer a whole heck of a lot there. And offensively, he's an okay passer, but he's not a great finisher, and he has no range on his shot. So it becomes hard to build an offense around him. Uh, we've seen the Cavaliers' offense has kind of taken off since they've, they've stopped playing him, um, and that's not a you know overly offensively gifted team. Now, you mentioned Otto Porter. If they could do something where they could, even if they just traded them straight up, I think that's a deal that could benefit both teams because I think Drummond certainly is better than any of the backup big men that the Bulls have behind Wendell Carter. So that, that I, I think would be perfectly fine, and then, then you kind of see where it goes in the offseason if you wanted to, to retain him or not. So you still think uh, Wendell Carter at least has enough upside, or you like what you've seen so far to say Drummond wouldn't replace him necessarily, just add to that? Yeah, I, I do. and I don't think you can give up on Wendell Carter yet. I think it's far too early to do that. I, I think the you know it's been unfortunate. It seems like every time he's finally finding a little bit of footing, he has some sort of injury, and then that knocks him out. Or, or if he's finally getting chemistry with a teammate, the teammate ends up down and out. So those are that's been kind of the unfortunate thing of this entire Bulls rebuild. They never really got to see the five man group together that they'd hoped to see with Carter, Markinen, Porter, Levine, and then Kobe White. That that group never came together because they've never all been healthy at the same time. So that's that's been a little bit of a challenge. But I like Wendell Carter's game, and I think um, you know he's shown real improvement. Even if the numbers aren't always great, you can see the feel and the understanding of what he's supposed to do on both ends of the floor is starting to come along. Yeah, I don't know. And that's Keith Smith from uh, from Yahoo on the Bernstein and Rahimi show. I don't know if I if I like Wendell Carter or not. I think that and maybe that's because of where he was picked, that he's a number seven overall pick in the first round. And there was a lot of people that told me that he was going to be a star, that he was hidden a little bit at, at in college. And that once he got to the pros, that this is going to be a guy that will truly sprout. And maybe it will happen. But I think he we're, we're kind of seeing like what he can be, kind of a 10-point, you know, eight or nine rebound type of guy throughout the course of a game. I think he's his, he's shown that his offensive game, right now anyway, is somewhat limited, that he needs to make the easy baskets to be the hard worker down low. The three-point thing, you know, was something that Billy Donovan experimented with in the preseason and then early in the season, and then clearly they have scrapped that. So to me, he seems limited. He seems limited right now, and I, I, I wanted more. But he's definitely a guy who could be a piece on a team, but maybe eventually coming off of the bench. And and we've seen, too. I mean, he's a little bit undersized. And so when there have been big centers like the Joker and um, like Joel Embiid, that it's it's troublesome um, that he, he alone cannot handle those guys, at least so far. 
that's what he has shown. As for Andre Drummond, I'm going to do a grabber here for you. More like Mr. Drummond. That, that's, what, that's what I'm hearing about, about Mr. Drummond of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, all right. Let's take a break. We need to do that. This is the Joe O Show. I'm Mark Grody. When we return, we are going to hear from Bears head coach Matt Nagy, also around the corner. Crane Kenny, the president of business operations for the Chicago Cubs, was on the score today talking about you, the fans, and coming back to Wrigley Field and how that will look. It's all coming up next on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly 